Booyah! Baby, weird and feared, baby! Yeah. Hey, Zachary, how are we doing tonight? Great. Badass. Have you texted Carl about Kevin yet? Oh, yeah. He's, Carl won't shut up about it. He sent us a message. I didn't know he listened to this podcast. Me neither. That's yeah. crazy. You know, there's caves up in uh, Nevada. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's bouncing signals off all those, you know, Roswell satellites or shit to mm-hmm. get down to his deep cave. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know he had such a strong Nephilim slash giant fan base. Apparently that's everyone that follows us. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean. It's weird. Those random Instagram likes I get mm-hmm. of people like, check out my page. And I thought just, it was a spam bot. No, it's a giant Nephilim. Yeah, there's normal looking dudes. They're just red hair, some beards, loincloths. Yeah, it kind of makes you rethink, you know. Probably shouldn't shit talk a ginger ever again, should you? Guess who, do they, who do they know? Yeah. Oh, my God. There was a lot of red-headed um, um, Mongols, by the way. I didn't know how to mention that before, but that was like a thing. Huh. But, I mean, Afghanistan, Mongolia, the Mo- I mean, the Mongols, Genghis Khan, his DNA is everywhere. Yeah. They were fucking scary, and they are warriors. Did you say Genghis Khan? That's how it's supposed to be properly pronounced. Really? Yeah. When I, uh, Hardcore History by Dan Carlin, he, he goes out of his way to pronounce it Genghis Khan. Like me being a loser, instead of saying Quetzalcoatl, mm-hmm. I say Quetzalcoatl, because I guess that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, but right. then nobody knows what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's a thing. But yeah, Genghis Khan, Genghis, same, you know, that guy. I didn't know that. Big deal, I know. I mean, what can you do? Language, man, what can you do? I don't know. I can only speak one, so that's what, we just kind of got to roll with it when... Yeah. No, it's pronounced this way. All right. Yeah, sure. Well, we're about to begin. Um, I don't know if I'd call it a journey, but let's just let's just take a little a little hist a little wild ride, okay? A little, just a little trip. A little trip, because I mean we've talked about mansions, forests, roads, celebrations. Right. We've addressed all these things. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with those topics. Sure am. Yeah, well, they uh, you know we've talked about how they've changed. And how, like, stories around them, they've, well, even how the physical objects have adapted, been repurposed, reimagined, rebuilt, how they've evolved. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the stories people have told about them over the years, these stories are constantly evolving. Historical telephone is a very hot topic on this show. Yeah. Word of mouth, stories, you know, are they bullshit? Are they not bullshit? I mean, that's basically what we're. This I mean, whole thing's based around. <laughs> a lot of I, I talked about this off air in bet, um, in between the last episode we recorded about our uh, good deceased friend uh, of Kandahar. Mm-hmm. I think you named him Kevin. Kevin, which was that's his name now. Yep. But how stories can you know morph over the or they evolve, they grow. Even the story of the Bell Witch. Right. This is written down. How that has magnified and become a whole, th- basically a whole genre of entertainment. Yeah, basically spawned everything. Yeah. 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 How one small factor, unexplained occurrence, can be embellished into a legend, you know, about perhaps, maybe, a race of melon headed flesh eaters or bloodthirsty thunderbirds mm-hmm. or a humanoid anteater faced. Waste of fucking space. Right. Yeah, go to hell, Tuttlebottoms monster. <laughs> yeah. Get out of my existence. You waste of freaking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, garbage. Yeah. Yeah. 
why don't you, you know, grow up and be a real monster like the infield horror? Man, be the best. Grow a third leg. Yeah. We'll lose a, yeah, grow a third leg and keep two arms. Is that possible for you? Well, that was a bad sentence I slurred together there. Yeah. Is that possible for you? Probably not. Well, Zach, we now live in a digital age. Websites can fall victim to or benefit from or even create the same patterns that were once restricted to physical spaces. They can adapt, be repurposed, rebuilt, rebranded. But while you can demolish a school and build a prison over it, uh, whatever has existed on the internet is, for the most part, immortalized in digital stone. Especially anything that could be considered abnormal. This brings us to the website about.com. Honestly, do you know anything about about.com? I know nothing about it. Good, we're on the same page here. It has, within the past few years, been renamed Dot Dash and is a collection of different sites and an assortment of topics. But back during the early days of the internet, when the site was still called about.com, it was a resource, cataloging over 1,000 pages for, well, anything and everything you could possibly imagine. About.com has no special spot in my memory, and I didn't even know it, uh, didn't even know Dot Dash was a thing until, you know, looking into this week's showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you ever been to DotDash.com? Nope. Yeah, me neither. So, I'm glad this is like a whole thing that has been a thing. Yeah. And I didn't even know about it because that wasn't what I was dealing with. I guess I was too busy having lightsaber, uh, lightsaber battles in the Yahoo chats. Yep. I mean, that happened. Did you do that? No. You were you didn't, you didn't role play as a Star Wars character in a Yahoo chat? No. Me and our friend, our, I guess he's still a friend, uh, Dennis, <laughs> we would be so into it. We would be like role playing Star Wars battles. In my house, he'd be like, fuck, man, I gotta go home. He would go home to his house, get in the same <laughs> chat so we could battle other people. What? <laughs> Imagine, like, Dungeons and Dragons, but you would just basically say, like, my action. You're like, I attack you with my lightsaber. And then some random person you don't know would be like, I dodge to the left and block. And I'd be like, shoot, well, now I swing this way, and now I'm a Sith Lord. And you switch sides? It was, <laughs> it was a whole, it's a whole, it was a whole thing. All right. Keep in mind, this is the early days of the internet. Right. This is the wild. This was literally the wild west of anything you could. Pos- <laughs> Nobody even knew what we were doing. You'd be like ASL, <laughs> and they were. They then you. Oh, okay, so we're about the same age. You we're, are you a Jedi a, or a Sith? Yeah. Oh, okay, time to battle. <laughs> are those transcripts saved anywhere? I I hope not, because who so. who even knows? I don't even know what I was called back then. What was my tag? My tag? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was probably like Autobot 14, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> there was a guy called Grimlock 12. Maybe that was me battling a Sith Lord. <laughs> Anyways. Huh? Grimlock battled Palpatine in the Yahoo chat, and it was a wild time. <laughs> it does sound pretty wild. Yeah. All right. That is not what we're talking about tonight, but I just want to kind of set the stage for the early internet. It was mm-hmm. wild, okay? That's yeah, a weird place. All right, so I guess about.com existed back then. And while I had it had no special uh, spot in my memory, um, perhaps that says more about me than anything else. Maybe you're listening and maybe you used about.com for just whatever. All right, regardless, when about.com was shuttered, much of its content was left to fend for itself. Unless it was documented off-site, it was essentially erased. 
with the internet wayback machine your only chance of salvaging it. Um, and what was it? Well, much of it was mundane, trivial nonsense. But like any general rule or assumption, there are always exceptions. 1999, Oregon. Enter Paula M., a connoisseur of trash. My words, not hers. <laughs> Let's be nice <laughs> and call her a collector. Okay. She rummaged garbage dumps for vintage bottles and glass to repurpose for, well, whatever she wanted, I guess. Okay. How much do you get for recycling in Oregon? Well, in 2019, it's $0.10 cents for a glass bottle. That's pretty good. Who knows how high the amount was in 1999? I don't know. Uh, so I could look that up, but I chose not to because that's not what I'm talking about. You don't, I don't want to go down the deep dive of how much <laughs> you could recycle glass bottles for in 1999. Yeah, I've got enough to deal with. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess somebody probably knows, but not this guy. Maybe she loved arts and crafts, or maybe she was into sustainable housing. Have you ever heard of Cobb Houses? No. Well, I took that deep dive in my own time a long time ago, and it's basically building mud and straw, bricks, and building a house. And if you build it thick enough, it'll dry like concrete, and you can build yourself like a makeshed concrete house. People put piping into these things. They've given like themselves their own water supply. If I was to live off the gl- uh, grid, mm-hmm. I would live in a Cobb House. The concept was introduced to me by current WWE champion, Daniel Bryan, on a different podcast with Chris Jericho, I believe. I was like, what are you talking about? You want to build mud houses? <laughs> All right. And then there went many hours of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't think Paula was into that, though. Because that's not important. Again, it's not what we're talking about. Except for s- setting up why... Setting up the reason why um, this tale exists. Establishing why Paula was in this dump. A dump she had never scavenged through before. What a dump. How exciting! Hey, Zach, when's the last time you got excited about a good dump? (laughs) (laughs) About.com had a paranormal section. A poll on About.com had asked anyone if they had ever seen a cryptid. In the conversation that followed, Paula shared her story. The excerpt is as follows. All right, what's Paula got? Paula M. had one such sighting, but it wasn't of a Bigfoot, a sea serpent, or even a chupacabras. Now, why would chupacabras be plural if you say a chupacabras? I didn't write it. In many ways, it was much stranger. And try as she might, and after diligent research, she has yet to come up with an explanation for what she saw. Quote, As I was staking out the area, she said, I happened across some tunnel-like holes in the ground. The holes were of a peculiar size, which made me wonder what kind of animal possibly could have dug them. Paula noticed six or seven of the holes, each about two inches in diameter and partially camouflaged by the sparse growth of the recess. I assume there's like just, you know, in this little dump she's at, there's like grass and just moss. Yeah, she's looking for bottles and shit. Yeah, dug up, whatever, it's tossed around. 
you know, whatever trash she's going through. Mm-hmm. Polly decided to take a break from her excavation and stretch her legs. She stood and walked around a bit. Quote, While I was moving about at the bottom of the recess, I thought I saw from the corner of my eye a clump of dirt move. It was about the size of my fist. About ten feet away from her, the clump of dirt moved like it was pushed out of the ground from beneath and rolled down the hill. Paul began to get a little nervous. Whatever had made those tunnel-like holes was apparently making another one. And she wasn't particularly keen on watching a rat, a snake, or some other potentially dangerous animal come slithering out. Then she saw it. What we got? Something living began to poke itself out of the ground. She stopped about four to five feet away from the creature. What she could see of it was poking out of the ground about five inches. Quote, At this point, I wasn't sure what end of the animal I was looking at. <laughs> Paula said. <laughs> it was about two inches in diameter, and at the end of it was perfectly smooth and round, like a cue ball. It was light brown in color, very much like the surrounding earth. It had a worm-like shape, but didn't taper down at the end as worms do, and was firmer around looking. Her words, not mine. It had no distinguishing or familiar features to indicate to me what it was. End quote. Now, even though when I stopped the quote, this is still the excerpt from like about.com. Okay. It's what I've been led to believe by my research, so that's what I am going with, okay? Mm-hmm. Its size made it obvious that this was not a worm, at least not a- any at least not any kind of worm Paula had ever heard of. And she could not see its entire body, only what was poking out of the ground. So who knows what the rest of this thing really looked like? She could not detect any eyes, mouth, nose, or ears. It had no fur, scales, or worm-like ripples on its skin. What it did have was patches of peach-like fuzz, very fine and spaced apart, like the hair on a young human's arm, covering what looked like soft, dusty skin about the texture of a person's. It was not wet, slimy, or tough-looking. Quote, All of a sudden, she said, quote, While I was examining it, two big, beautiful, crystal blue eyes popped open. There's an exclamation point. <laughs> so, oh, bah. Okay. Now I knew what end of the animal I was looking at. Mm-hmm. At least I hope she did. I hope so. How many assholes you look see look like that? <laughs> Not many, in my opinion. My words. <laughs> Not hers. All thoughts of this being some kind of giant worm were immediately dismissed. Worms don't have eyes. Not like that. Mm-hmm. More curious than frightened of this remarkable animal, Paul began to wonder how big the body was and what its arms, legs, and tail looked like. Or if it even had such parts. Quote, the white of the eyes surrounding its blue iris was the whitest I'd ever seen. A blue virgin white. The size of the eyes were quite big in proportion to its body size. I wondered if it were a juvenile. Now, she's never seen this in before, has no <laughs> idea what it is. And now she thinks, this maybe it's a kid one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Paula continues, quote, My presence didn't seem to bother it because it studied me for only a short period of time. Then it ignored me. 
<laughs> she's upset. Now she's upset. But this creature. Don't ignore me. She didn't know existed. Get back here. <laughs> and she was scared of. Respect your elders. Is it paying her anything? Yeah, you child. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know all about you now, apparently. It appeared content and relaxed while it exposed itself to the sun. Paula was startled when the creature began to move, and she instinctively stepped back. The animal slowly began to sway the top of its body back and forth as it stretched itself upward toward the sky, all the while slowly blinking. Quote, I try to get it to look at me again. She really wants it to look at me. <laughs> no, I'm over here. Hey, psst. Hey, you think I don't know what you're about to do. Hey, me. It's all about me. This is a woman who looks who looks for glass bottles for fun. She is out of her element here. She's having too much excitement. Her <laughs> adrenaline is racing. Yeah. Yeah, so how did she get uh, to try and get it to look back at her? Well, by clapping my hands and yelling. <laughs> but it continued to ignore me. End quote. Since it had no discernible ears, Paula wondered if perhaps it couldn't hear sound. So she tried waving her arms and hands about to draw its attention to her. But all it did was stare at the sky, continuing to sway its head back and forth, stretching upward while blinking slowly. It was as if it were hypnotized by the light of the sun. Paula isn't quite sure what to make of this peculiar encounter. I'm really just hoping Paula just goes away. <laughs> it's like, this is my moment. Every day I poke my head out and look at the sun, yeah. you're fucking up my, my groove here. Just ignore it. Yeah. Ignore her. Maybe she'll go away. Maybe this thing's on its 15-minute break, and it likes to look at the sun, yeah. and it's like, this is my time, Paula. Mm-hmm. This is about me. Don't give a shit, Paula. Move along. <laughs> Move along, Paula. Get out of here. So she had no idea what to make of this encounter, because it was very peculiar, but it haunts her. Quote, I haven't been able to erase it from my mind, and it's driving me crazy. I've asked many people about it, and I've spent countless hours searching the internet. The internet is capitalized, by the way. The proper internet. The internet. <laughs> the Not internet. just any internet. No. The internet. No, for answers to any known or unknown animal fitting the description of the animal. End quote. Paula returned to the dump site the following spring. So she waited a whole fucking year. I read this when I was putting this together, but the details are now fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. She waited a whole year. Yeah. Like, well, I saw well, it one maybe, day. Maybe it hit her later. She was like, well, maybe we were, maybe it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Me and that thing. Maybe we had a moment. I thought it was too young at the time, but maybe, maybe it is maybe, old enough. Maybe in a year it'll be ripe for me. Yeah. So she's back. Yeah, I'm actually reading you a love story. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the creature continued... Met Paula. Yeah. They had a moment. Yeah. All right. No, but she returned to the dump site that following spring in hopes of getting another glimpse of the mysterious creature. No such luck. Some of the hole openings were there, however. Quote, I am convinced that this animal still exists and lives there. It's possible that it hibernates. So I will go back again in early to midsummer and try and get another glimpse of it and possibly capture it on film. Quote, now, I would, this story is going to go to a place. I would just like to imagine, still to this day, every year she goes back to this dump site. Just forever waiting. I'm hoping it's been paved over and is now someone's house. And she goes there and wanders her yard <laughs> looking for holes in the ground. She might. Yeah. Well, 
Unlike most cryptid sightings, this, especially in 1999, was hard for anyone to fit into any obvious cryptid category. It wasn't a Bigfoot or a Big Feet. It wasn't a Thunderbird. It wasn't a winged humanoid. It wasn't a Mothman. Which, off topic, as of 2019, the Chicago Mothman is still being sighted, Zach. I'm sure it is. Very recent. Within the past week. I'm sure. So sit tight. We're getting to him. Mm-hmm. But not tonight. Back on topic. Uh, Paula's trash monster or dump worm is like nothing anyone has ever heard of before. Or, well, I suppose um, your lived experiences may vary. As you might have guessed, this did not stop people from trying to solve the mystery or finding a plausible explanation for the creature. Several readers um, were extremely willing to put the free in freelance and lend their detective skills to the site, collaborating to reach any concrete conclusion as to what this thing could be. So they were trying. Mm-hmm. Nadine W. claimed she knew someone who dealt with a similar beast, which she thought might be the same thing. Quote, I have not seen this creature myself. Again, my favorite encounters. Mm-hmm. But then again, the people who see these things probably aren't going to report it to anybody. It takes the crazy people, like probably someone like myself. You said what? Well, I'm going to put that in the internet. Yep. I have not seen this creature myself, but I know of someone in California who has. It was about more than 30 years ago, and the people who saw it were little children at the time. They said they were playing in the backyard in the dirt when all of a sudden this thing came sprouting out of the dirt. The brother and sister just watched in horror, holding their breath. The brother, uh, the brother described it as a tall, worm-looking thing, about eight feet tall. Up to this day, if the sister asks the brother, do you remember, he cuts her off and says he doesn't want to talk about it. I believe in what they saw. Anton B. posted this. I read the article about that weird creature of the dump. This is the episode title, by the way. The Creature of the Dump. Creature of the Dump. That Paula M. saw. I just think that she ought to be careful going back to look for the creature. Oh, he's real concerned. Its behavior seems to me to suggest that it is a predator of some sort. What? How many predators just stare at the sun? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, man. Okay, Anton. Unless it's hunting the sun. I guess. I'm going to get you, son. (laughs) One of these days. I'm going to grow big and tall and eat you from the sky. Uh Uh-huh. And then the story becomes some Aztec myth. And then we go to the sick sun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. This creature even came out of the ground when it was likely that it would have had some sign that there was a large being somewhere in the vicinity. I assume that it had this knowledge as a creature that lived underground would likely be sensitive to vibrations and be able to determine that something large was around. It's kind of Tremor-esque, Worm. Anyways. Ooh. The next thing that makes this creature seem predatory is how it extended itself and waved in the air in a very obvious manner. <laughs> I'm a predator. Look at me. <laughs> of course, I am not a professional in the field of animal behavior. You know, I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> But I just suggest that she doesn't approach the creature and that she does not go to look for it alone. Perhaps the reason that the creature is unknown is that no one has ever survived an experience with it before. Yeah, that's a fair point. Anton got dark at the end there. Yeah. He like, oh, now I get what you're saying. Yeah. All right. And perhaps that's an explanation we can add to the list of possible reasons why no one sees a cryptid. But then again, no one's seen this thing before. This is unique. Yeah. But perhaps the most interesting explanation comes from this post. Quote, I probably won't be the first or only 
to inform you that what Paula, uh, what Paula saw at the dump may indeed be an unidentified southeastern Asian creature known as an ingot. Possibly lingot. Check with agents France Press for stories about ingots during the final years of French involvement in Indochina. They were seen burrowing everywhere, and the descriptions of the bodies and eyes matched those of Paula's story. Old Indochina veterans in the French army could never explain them or where they came from, and there is no record of American sightings during this country's involvement later. Now, Indochina is like Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam, to mm-hmm. those who don't know. Um, it's right... It's right down. That's what we're. That's where we're at. General Jean de Latre de Tsigny, I did not pronounce it like a Frenchman. Supreme commander of French forces in Indochina was so unnerved by sighting of burring ingots and the lack of information about them that he brought in a special team of researchers who apparently found nothing. Quote, the ingot is like no other creature reported on Earth, and it contributed to the general weirdness of the French experience in Indochina. Ingots were reported in large numbers in 1953 around the North Vietnamese site where an entire French regiment vanished without a trace. This disappearance may have had nothing to do with ingots, but there are still old veterans in the cafes of Paris, Bordeaux, and Marseille, Marseille? <laughs> who swear... Or Paris, Bordeaux, and Marseilles. Marcellis. Yeah, Marcellis. Or the <laughs> Illinois town of Marseilles, which is pronounced wrong. It drives me nuts all the time. But that's how people pronounce it who live there. So what can you do? Mm-hmm. Who swear there was a connection? Incidentally, the reality of the disappearing regiment is well documented. For a few years in the 1950s, burrowing ingots made big news in France. But France, like the U.S. later, hit its Indo-Chinese veterans and paid little attention to their stories about anything. Such is defeat. Louis C. Intriguing, right? Mm-hmm. Was a French was a unit of French soldiers eaten by a giant monster worm they could not contain? Was Empire stopped by subterranean terror? You know what's real, real cool about this account? According to a post on spacelizardreport.wordpress.com. Oh. And I know. A super reliable sounding site like Space Lizard Report probably doesn't need any further fact checking, but I can attest to this. As I tried myself, this is Nick speaking me, but whether it be French regiment related, you know, to see who went missing in Vietnam or Laos, Cambodia, wherever, or discussing the ingot or lingot, every breadcrumb links back to this initial post. If you can find anything at all, proving any attempt to uncover more information on this event and it is quite an event, um, an effort in internet, archaeological futility. When the only proof is the thing claiming the proof to be true, well, man, we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But it's so bizarre, how can I not mention it? I even looked at, like, missing Vietnam, like, French regiments to see, like, who went away. Like, maybe this isn't totally connected. Right. Maybe a French platoon just went away. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing. You type in Fran- vanishing regiment... Indochina, you just get like f- listings of like French regiment lists. And I mean, I don't know how many pages I'm supposed to go back and Google to try and figure this out. Mm-hmm. But you think if it was a thing, there'd be a few links. Even like it's just a story. Right. Yeah, yeah. so there's nothing. 
But one other Asian connection kept cropping up. Potentially tying Paula's Oregon garbage worm to the <laughs> Indochina Ignats. What legend could have any of these things in common? Would it have a name? What would that name possibly be? Any thoughts? Just thoughts there? I'll pause for a second. I gotta breathe. The, uh... What do you think? The dirt worm. Not an earthworm. It's much larger. Would it perhaps be known as a name? Of the Mongolian death worm? Oh, that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Quote, One of the world's most sensational creatures may be concealed amid the sands of the southern Gobi Desert. It is said to resemble a large flat worm up to one meter, three feet long. I don't need that conversion. I know what a meter is. (laughs) Long and dark red in color with spike-like projections at both ends. So both ends kind of look the same. Mm-hmm. It spends much of its time hidden beneath the desert sands, but whenever one is spotted lying on the surface, it is scrupulously avoided by the locals. End quote. Says British biologist Carl Schuker in his book The Unexplained, an illustrated guide to the world's paranormal mysteries. 2002 Metro Books. Again, another book I'd like to read more of. The first ever printed reference of the creature was much earlier than that. It was by Roy Chapman Andrews in his 1923 book, On the Trail of Ancient Man. He believed that humans first originated in Asia and hoped that he would find evidence of that on the exhibit. And he hoped that he would find evidence of that on the expedition he took in the area. He did not find concrete evidence to support that hypothesis, but what he did find, well, was still pretty cool, although not death worm related. (laughs) He discovered many rare mammal fossils and the first ever discovered fossilized dinosaur eggs. Really? At first thought to belong to Protoceratops and later to be that of the Oviraptor. So his discovery was like whenever you see like a protoceratops around like yeah, an egg nest and like the raptor's coming to get him. Right. It's all based off his discovery until we found out, no, that was actually the oviraptor's eggs and it was actually a loving parent didn't steal eggs. Mm-hmm. But it will forever be called the oviraptor because we thought it still stole eggs and you guess he can't, got bad, bad branding right mm-hmm. from the get-go. Yeah. So poor guy. Well, slander on the oviraptor. Poor bastard. I know I wish this episode was called Slander on the Overraptor, but <laughs> it will not be called that. Too busy talking about a dump monster. Yep. Although refuted by his creator by his creators, not Andrew's creators, but this this, <laughs> this character. It had been assumed that Andrew uh Andrew's life was the template for Indiana Jones. But instead Jones was an amalgamation of several explorers of the same type. You know, a lot of you a lot of those explorer type professors going over to the desert, looking up stuff, going on yeah. adventures. That was a popular thing, you know? That was a huge thing. Um, yeah. So still kind of based off of him, although vaguely, and not him specifically. Anyways, Andrews had heard several stories of the death worm, but none of the people presenting these stories had claimed to have seen them. So he himself is somebody who I like, who's like talking about people who've told him stories. Yeah. He said of the Mongolian officials, quote, none of those present ever had seen the creature but they all firmly believed in its existence and described it minutely. 
end quote. One official, Mongolian Prime Minister Damdinbazar, described the worm as such, quote, It is shaped like a sausage, about two feet long, has no head nor leg, and it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. In 1933, in the new conquest of Central Asia, Andrews tackles the topic again. Quote, it is reported to live in the most arid, sandy regions of the western Gobi. End quote. As a man of science and evidence, Andrews did not believe in such a beast, but it is worth mentioning that he felt it necessary to document the story the officials had told him in his writings. So two books he felt like talking about that creature. Mm -hmm. In the 1987 book, This is not English title, by the way. Altajan Tzaka Govd Ivan Bakurl described it as traveling underground, creating waves of sand on the surface which allow it to be detected. Also kind of Tremors-esque. Yeah, this is just got me thinking of Tremors. What do they call them? Worms? I know the name of those creatures. And I will tell I can't you. Think of what it is. I will tell you, but not yet. It's driving me nuts. If it gets to you before I tell you, just let it. Just yell it. Okay. If I'm mid sentence, just yell the name out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, got there. The Mongolians say it can kill at a distance, either by spraying a venom at its prey, or by means, or by means of electric discharge. Huh. So he's got some superpowers here. Yeah. I mean, this that's ready to rock. That's pretty extreme. Yeah. The worm apparently lives underground, hibernating most of the year, except for June and July, when it becomes active. It is also reported that it most often comes to the surface when it rains and the ground is wet. Graboids? Graboids! <laughs> is that right? That is 100% correct. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Got there. Fuck yeah. The Mongolians believe that touching any part of the worm will cause almost instant death and tremendous pain. It has been told that the worm frequently preyed on camels and, leg, and laid eggs in its intestines. In the camel's intestines? Frequently preyed on camels and laid eggs in said camel's intestines. Huh. That's getting a little more severe. Yeah. Jesus Christ and eventually acquired the trait of its red-like skin. So eventually just got red skin. Suntan? I guess, yeah. He's like, he's laying up. Maybe that's why it was going to the sun. I'm getting a tan, yeah. Paula. Sometimes he overdid it, and then he was like, fuck, ah, I gotta shit. go kill that fucking no, camel because no. he knows I got a sunburn. God damn it. He knows I got sunburn, and I have to live inside of his intestines. Yeah. That's like his, that's the worm's like aloe, avera, like the <laughs> lotion. His, yeah. Oh, I feel so much better yeah, in this, here. This camel blood is great. Oh. So soothing. Oh, I got to lay eggs. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> its venom supposedly <coughs> corrodes metal, and local folklore tells of a predilection for the color yellow. So he likes yellow. Hmm. The worm is also said to have a preference for local parasitic plants, such as the Goyo. Again, thank you, Wikipedia. That's where those last two paragraphs came from. Yeah, good. Couldn't sum up those facts any better, so we'll say it how it is. And like any Wikipedia article, many of those comments I read require 
further clarification, like in the cliff notes, like after I read a sentence, mm-hmm. it says clarification needed. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that sounds factual. Yeah. Or it would say, or and one source was tagged. Um, it said self-published question mark. So no, where is this coming from? Yeah. All right. We'll go to the uh, Mongolian deathworm article, and you can look up those little probably dead links. Have you, right. ever, have you ever clicked the Wikipedia link and it was a dead link? And I was like, well, how is this still fucking here? <laughs> no, I, I don't think I have, actually. I have a few times. Researching this podcast. A lot of facts we talk about. Yep. Not just pure bullshit. <laughs> right, that makes sense. It does. Yeah, so one random internet. We'll call it a story. Some people might call it a lie. <laughs> it leads, <laughs> leads to a more massive localized Asian legend about a monster that is brutal to the touch. So how deep can we go here? Pretty deep. Is there any actual graboid deep? Graboid deep. Oh my god. Have you ever been have you ever been graboid deep? <laughs> no, I haven't. Don't talk to any women about that. Yeah. They will not continue talking to you. Right. Hey babe, you want to go graboid deep? <laughs> what? I can feel your vibrations. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Is there any actual basis for the original story or the Eastern folklore? What could give rise to such a fantastic legend? So then I set out thinking like, okay, maybe it's not Paula's trash monster. Maybe the Mongolian deathworm doesn't exist. But is somebody seeing something that could be this creature? Mm-hmm. All right. There is an article. In this article, there is a photo. The article begins, quote, This animal is not an earthworm. It is long and sinuous. It lives underground, and its flanks look like they're lined with rings. But it is not an earthworm. After all, it has a skeleton, jaws, scales, and two stubby legs. Huh, those are new. What is this beast? Now, after I say what this is, I want you to tell me if you know, if you've known about this beast because this exists and it's real okay this isn't a cryptid thing this is a real life animal a worm lizard do you know about a worm lizard i don't believe so neither worm nor snake although it looks like both is an example of how wild evolution can be Hmm. if you'd like as i'm reading you want to google worm lizard and just treat yourself Because I was gonna save that picture in here, but I figured that'd be that'd be easier. Just type in worm lizard, and mm-hmm. just give him a gander. Close out these pictures of Mongolian deathworms. Yeah. <laughs> Were they illu- how sweet were those illustrations? I mean, there was a couple that looked like models. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. All right. Look that up because this article continues. Worm lizard. Amphis Benians. Amphis Benians. I've seen these. I didn't know what they were called. Right. I had that feeling too when I looked these up. Yeah. So they're like actual like Latin name, well, or Greek. Amphisbanians are a group of burrowing lizards and one of the most mysterious groups of reptiles. They're called Amphisbanians. But where do they get that sick name though? These are wild. Where do they get that sick name? I don't know. An Amphisbanian. They're not amphibians? No. 
Uh, some no, they're not amphibians, but clearly there's a connection here. Right. And the ring, the the creature I discussed with the rings is actually more more, and I'll address it later, is uh, more closely related to a gecko. But gecko lizards, I'm, huh. they're kind of all getting grouped in together here. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the amphis, yeah, no, um, amphisbenians and amphisbenanen is a mythological ant-eating serpent. With a head at each end. Huh. So both its ends look similar. Which side's it poop out of? Yeah, whichever side it doesn't put the food in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is sometimes ca- uh, titled the mother of ants. It is derived from the two Greek words amphis, which translated is both ways, and benin. Or to go. So basically, to go both ways. Because it looks the same in the front as it does in the back. Not confusing. Wikipedia says that, according to Greek mythology, the Amphis Bena was spawned from the blood that dripped from the Gorgon Medusa's head as Perseus flew over the Libyan desert with her in his hand, after which Cato's army then encountered it along with other serpents on the march. Hmm. All right. Medusa's, dead Medusa's losing hair and we're getting these serpent creatures. Yeah. Amphis Bena fed off the corpses left behind. So picture... A warring army leaving a trail of bodies being devoured by snakes with a head where a head should be and another one positioned on its tail. And as they travel, they're amassing a snake army following (laughs) the march, eating all the dead bodies that they kill. Not gruesome at all? No. Not, I mean, just let that sit there for a second. (laughs) Oh my God. God. I still want to know which side they poop out of, though. I mean, <laughs> just kind of give them a squeeze. Huh. And if a tongue pops out, that's the mouth. Whoa. If a poop pops out, you're going to smell. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. In that article I was quoting, it continues by saying that indeed Amphis Benanans... That's not what I said before. It's I mean, it's a lot It's a lot to pronounce right there. A- Amphibanana. Amphibananas, or Amphibanonos... Mm-hmm. That's what the ass is called. <laughs> there you go. Okay. The Amphis Bananans do have tails that look a bit like their heads. They are, And these are the actual species now. They are meat eaters. Like, if you look at a lizard, a uh, worm lizard. Yeah, now the we're front, talking about the real thing. Yeah, the yeah. front looks like uh, the back, and the back kind of looks like oh, the yeah. front. I looked at them. They are meat eaters, and they search for their prey underground, burrowing through the soil with strong, reinforced skulls. Most species are completely legless, but four of them, the Agilotes, and I guess in the article it includes a photo, they have bizarre stunted arms and different offshoots, you know what I mean? Like, maybe not the whole species, but I mean, you'll find some with little legs. Oh, yeah, I saw Um, a bunch of them. Yeah, did you? Good. So, me interjecting here again, um, away from the Wikipedia summations, sometimes ancient drawings of the Greek creature also have little legs. And now, we talked about this kind of earlier about a story feeding itself. This is another example of circular logic. Like, the mystical creature is named after a real-life creature who was named so because it resembled the mystical creature, you know, and so on. Like, mm-hmm. All right. And that article was from Nat Geo, 
And that article continues. Their origins are mysterious. Their bones suggest that they are close relatives of snakes. And obviously, neither group has any legs. But their genes tell a different story. They say that the Amphis bananas are more closely related to the Lacertids, a common group of lizards. Looks like a snake. It's got the lineage of a lizard. One expert... Weird. It is, right? It's real weird. One expert discovered a fossil that helped fill in the evolutionary gaps that led to the Amphis... Baina's development, helping to illustrate that these legless lizards aren't snakes, but truly lizards taken to the next level. Back to the article. Its huge skull has many features that are characteristic of Amphis Benanians, including small eye sockets, indicating tiny eyes and heavy, thickened bone, making it strong and inflexible. That's a far cry from the light, bendy skulls of snakes. Its body, however, looks far more lizard-like. It's obvious, it obviously has four legs, all but small ones. This is talking about an article that I read that shows basically an in-between be, between a worm lizard and like an actual lizard. So mm-hmm. if you look up, I mean, I can even... Um, if you look up Cryptolacerta, that's, that's the name Muller named this fossil. Again, Cryptolacerta. It'll show you how it's got like a big head, little like legs, like a snake body, but not a snake body. Still, mm-hmm. still kind of a lizard. Uh, so features with those of other modern reptiles and produced a family tree that linked them together. Cryptolacerta itself sat at the base of the Amphis Bananan branch. It was an early member of the group. Meanwhile, the Amphis Bananians, which I should have just taken out that word and put worm lizards, <laughs> but that's what that means. Mm-hmm. And Lacertids sat on adjacent branches, far away from snakes. They're nothing close to a snake. Their makeup is not the same. It's, it's just weird. a real weird evolutionary divergent path. Mm-hmm. This supports the genetic view that Amphis Bananians are closely related to lizards, and their superficial similarity to snakes is a great example of convergent evolution. They both evolved long legless bodies in independent ways. Mm-hmm. Many burrowing animals, from worms to legless lizards, have long bodies and no limbs. So it's, it's tempting to think that these features are a prerequisite for an underground life. But Crypto Lacerta, with its reinforced skull, tells a different story. It suggests, because of its stronger skull, um, that early Amphisbananians adapted to a digging lifestyle headfirst. So almost like a fish coming out of the water, getting legs, he's starting to dig in the ground. Mm-hmm. So like just like the little little um, forebears of like flipper legs, like on a fish, mm-hmm. his head is already ready to like ram into the earth because he just thinks that's a cool place to go. Yeah, um, he likes getting down. He likes getting down. Only after they thicken their skulls did they lose their legs and lengthen their body. I mentioned there was a race of these beings that was closely, uh, closer connected to a gecko. Yeah. But gecko and lizards, I mean, they're pretty fucking close. Right. They're called Caecilians, which I think sounds like a Star Trek character. But or anyways, a or a case. Oh my god! I might, I can't go to Taco <laughs> Bell tonight. Nope. It'd be good though. Sicilian, say Sicilians. Sicilians. <laughs> the Italians are also a thing. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Italians are geckos. Yeah, they're geckos. Wow, that sounds like a slur. 
Hey, you gecko. <laughs> hey, you gecko. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Sicilians, or Casilians. Let's go with Casilians. It starts with a C. I think it's Casilians. Are also a thing. While not legless lizards, they are less legless amphibians, because geckos are amphibians, you know, who are often blind and look even more like worms. Where can they be found? Central America, South America, Africa, and Southeast Asia, Indochina. Their skin is smooth and usually dark, Yeah, but some species have colorful skins. The skin also has numerous ring-shaped folds, or annuli, that partially encircle the body, giving them that segmented appearance. So that's looking real worm-like. Mm-hmm. But it's a gecko. It's a lizard. It's a reptile. Like other living, or an amphibian, they're different. Like some other living amphibians, the skin contains glands that secrete a toxin to deter predators. Don't eat it. Isn't part of the legend that the Mongolian deathworms were deadly to the touch? Yep. Intriguing. Other differences between legless lizards and snakes are that legless lizards cannot constrict prey. They lack venom glands, do not have a forked tongue. Instead, they have a flat, fleshy one. Visible ear holes and sometimes remnant hind limbs, like the gecko-related ones of Australia. That's where a lot of those guys are found, too. Yeah, I know you have, Zach, but if anyone listening has not... Just Google legless lizards if you have never had legless lizards in your life. If you've never heard of these things, it's like realizing something you thought couldn't exist does. And man, it makes your mind want to run wild. They're weird. It's a real thing. Yeah, they're really fucking weird looking. It's bizarre. I mean, we're always talking about cryptids, creatures, you know, that are as of yet undiscovered or thought to be extinct. Mm -hmm. Well, what if I told you 200 legless lizard species and about 50 other new reptiles have been discovered worldwide in the past decade. And I got that fact from an article dated from 2011. No. <laughs> what is still out there? Yeah. What? We just You can just find 200 legless lizards running around? Yeah. How do you even find them? What? Where do you go? I looked up one part. I didn't put it in here. I figured I would just remember it when I got to this part. But there is a part, oh, I don't remember what part, where it is, but it's in Southeast Asia. I think maybe it's, maybe it is Cambodia. It is Cambodia. Where like, it was an area ruled by like a communist regime. Mm-hmm. So like nobody was there able to explore it. So like nobody could even get in there and check out shit. And those communists weren't like looking up legless lizards. Yeah. So no one would document these things. So getting into a new area, it's a brand new shit. Hmm. So what is still out there? Legless lizards and amphibians are still evolving. In that same article, one of those newly discovered lizards was a blind one, which blind legless lizards tends to be, you know, not super common. But, I mean, when you're digging in the ground, when you're burrowing in the ground, who wants eyes? Yeah. What are you going to do, look at dirt? Yeah. You don't need that. Pass. Yeah. And where was this lizard found? Like I discussed just a few seconds ago off the top of my head. Cambodia. Southeast Asia. Indochina. Vietnam is home to the Asian glass lizard. Another legless reptile. The legless amphibians, many of them have already given up their eyes. Seriously. What else is out there? In general. What else is out there? What else could we find? What is waiting? I mean, there's tons of stuff. 
Especially if you talk about the ocean. Who knows what the hell is in that thing, so... That's exactly what I was thinking about. Like, how bizarre, like, um... The legless, the legless lizards look like they look like some prehistoric monster that shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. You look at some deep fish, like what is that? Yeah, that's an earthling. You can call it an earthling. It's from Earth. Yeah, it's a different world down there. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff, crazy stuff that we have seen. Yeah, how about we're seeing more of this shit? Because you know the planet's climate is fine; it's normal. Mm-hmm. A lot of dead shit you just washing up on shore that you would never have seen ever. Yeah. Shouldn't because it shouldn't. Something bad is going down at the bottom of the ocean, and I don't think it's all plastic related. It's a war. But I think we're all oh, ocean war. Ocean war. Oh my god. Pacific versus Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> the Indian Ocean is caught in the middle. Yeah. And the Arctic just wants peace. Yeah, it's like Switzerland. It is. No, they go to the Arctic Ocean to bre- uh, broach their deals. Yeah. Their ceasefires. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, what else is out there? And what else is coming? I don't know. Now, do any of these creatures and stories prove anything? What are we doing here? Does a one-off post on a defunct website about a garbage monster prove (laughs) that worm creatures took out several French regiments in Vietnam and that these worm creatures were actually committed... Um, Tremors 5. These actually, these, do you know there's seven Tremors movies now? What? There you go. (laughs) Last one I saw was four. Well, there you go. We could get into that. These, yeah. So, yeah. Regiments, yeah. So, does that post on a defunct website about a garbage monster prove that worm creatures took out several French regiments in Vietnam and that these worm catastrophes were actually committed by the ancient Mongolian death worm. And is the Mongolian death worm itself actually a legless lizard or venomous legless gecko and not a worm at all? Who the hell knows? But giant worms have fascinated many people for many years, perhaps most famously culminating in the monster movie franchise Tremors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. Perhaps one of my favorite franchises. Uh, if you don't know what it features, it features Kevin Bacon and giant <laughs> monster worms called Graboids. And a character called Burt Gummer who dated Reba McIntyre. No, they were married. And he yeah. has lots of guns. A ton of guns. A ton of guns. And they hunt surface-bound prey by sound and vibrations. That first one. Is fantastic. I mean, the other ones are good. Tremors is phenomenal. I love Tremors so much. There was, was it the sci-fi? There was a sci-fi series with Christopher Lloyd on the Sci-Fi Channel. Really? But they aired all the episodes out of order and basically killed it. So mm-hmm. I wanted it, and it wasn't on DVD. So it was one of the rare things I bought when my internet could not handle it, mm-hmm. and I bought like the whole season on iTunes and downloaded oh, all the episodes to watch these things in order. And it's a fun show. I might still have those files, and if I do... I think it's on DVD now. I should buy that, and we should watch that sometime. I'm down. I mean, we should just watch all the Tremors movies. I have, like, the Tremors Attack Pack. Yes! <laughs> yes, I have that too. Yeah. Yes. Because now, well, now they have an Attack Pack with, like, the other movies in it. And I'm worried about... The one I haven't watched stars Jamie Kennedy, and I'm like, why? 
Whoa. But we'll get there. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Well, he's apparently part of the franchise because he's in the, he's going to be in the seventh one. Oh yeah. So we have that to look forward to. All right. So, in conclusion, perhaps Paula, if Paula was her real name, and if Paula cool. ever even existed, should just be glad that the creature she encountered in her dump heap was more obsessed with the sun getting a suntan, having mm-hmm. fun, and was not a graboid. That's true. Otherwise, her story might have been one of Oregon's most gruesome, unsolved murders <laughs> <laughs> instead of an archaic internet oddity. That is the story of the dump worm. The dump worm. The dump worm. The dump creature. The dump worm creature feature. Thoughts? How do you feel about that little rabbit hole? I like it. It's cool. Needs and more, I don't even know. It needs more Kevin Bacon. But. It needs a lot more Kevin Bacon. And I don't know what's going on. I mean, I was almost even tempted just to summarize Tremors for people. Because, like, that's <laughs> that's just as realistic as Paula's fucking story. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, awesome. Monster worms. Although, I would be creeped out if a graboid broke out of the ground and just started, like, sunbathing <laughs> yeah that'd be weird with his little snake tongues coming out just like uh-huh <sighs> yep like huh just a grab boy get a suntan yeah no worries yeah at least at least paula's creature didn't um you know hatch into a bunch of shriekers yeah right mm-hmm and i well you gotta gotta mention the ass blasters <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah CGI on the Ass Blasters was a little rough, but I was on board with the concept. Mm-hmm. The only Tremors movie I hate is, um, did you see the one like that takes place in like the Wild West? Did you watch that one? Uh, it's called like Tremors, The Legend Begins. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's shit, but you should or still maybe, watch it. Maybe that's the one I started and I turned it off because it was that rough. It's not good. And I have very low expectations. I know, it wasn't good. And I was like, man... Because it's one of those things where, like, the modern cast plays, like, their ancestors, and I'm like, I... Yeah. That's always goofy. Right. Yeah, I think that I think that might be the one I turned could have been. Just because I was like, mm, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that could be one of our... If we ever get into watching... Whenever we do get into watching movies or talking about them, get into some monster features with the fucking Graboid shit. Yeah. Graboids are cool. That'd be fun. But yeah, there we go. Uh, Paula's Dump Monster... Paula's dump. Monster. I should just call this episode "Taking a Dump." Paula's dump. Jesus. Looking for glass. <laughs> Looking for glass in her dump. Uh huh. Well, that's Paula, man. Cool. Paula. Yeah. 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 From about.com. Weird. Like you know, you type in something into Google, you a bunch of things come up, but only like the same bunch of things. Like every time I try Enough. to research anything. Yeah. This one I couldn't even dig deeper. Like it's. But it was cool because it led me to the Mongolian death worm and yeah, those legless I, when lizards. When I searched Mongolian death worm, yeah. the fact that only like five images popped up, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, they don't... How can something so cool be barely... Because th- it's just... You know, welcome to bullshit town. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if you have thoughts on bullshit town or if you have certain topics you want us to discuss in the bullshit town or if you just want to get a hold of us... Um, yeah, about just weird stuff. You think we're pretty free and cool. Yeah, if you think we're fucking badass or just all right. Yeah. 
That should be a poll. I should post. Badass or just all right? <laughs> just all right. <laughs> or totally badass. Yeah, you can email us at weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and, of course, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you found us wherever you find podcasts. And you can uh, like the Instagram page and post a lot of comments there and look at my illustrations. Because, I mean, I, I'm conflicted about what to draw for the dump worm. Maybe I'll draw the dump worm. Can Zach please draw the dump worm? <laughs> <laughs> Zach might draw the dump worm. Yeah, um, we'll see at, what happens. Yeah, weird and feared for the on the uh, on the Instagram. Um, but yeah, man, that's weird. Yeah, I'm feared. That's weird. Yeah, and uh, this has <laughs> been weird and feared, and you need to stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Get real spooky. Get real spooky with your worms. <laughs>